What's up, Captains? My name is Taylor Morgan, founder of the Captain's Lifestyle and creator of the Captain's Lifestyle program, a program dedicated to helping busy entrepreneurs and executives maximize their health, happiness, and productivity so they can optimize their work-life balance while continuing to grow their impact. We cover topics ranging from fitness, nutrition, sleep, mindset, productivity, and more. If you're content with settling for average, then walk the plank. But if you're ready to become the captain of your own life, welcome aboard. Hello, hello, and welcome aboard another episode of the Captain's Lifestyle Podcast. This is your captain speaking, Taylor Morgan. On today's episode, we have another special guest. His name is Sean Percy Travis. Sean is a full-time firefighter paramedic at the engineer rank, has degrees from Loyola Marymount in biology and health and body sciences, and is in his master's and doctorate program for human performance. He's the creator of Functional Hero, a health and wellness program geared toward the first responder community to keep them in a state of year-round health and fitness with the ability to function well in their job while also being able to enjoy life at home to the fullest. He is also the creator of The Calling Man, which is a daily gratitude journal for men geared towards strengthening healthy masculinity through the four masculine archetypes. Sean is certified with the National Strength and Conditioning Association as a certified strength and conditioning coach, as well as a tactical strength and conditioning facilitator and a certified personal trainer through ACE and NASM. This episode was super fun for me to record as it was uh, my first in-person interview for a while, definitely since the COVID lockdown. Uh, So Sean is a local friend. So we got together, had an awesome day. He's an awesome dude. And after the podcast, we recorded uh, a video, more of like a vlog style of us going into the ice bath, as well as going through one of his workouts for Functional Hero. So in addition to this podcast, there's you know, a little bonus material on my YouTube channel, which is The Captain's Lifestyle. And like I mentioned, it's a vlog style of us, uh, little clips from the podcast, and then going through the ice bath procedure, and then Sean leading us through one of his functional hero workouts. So definitely go check that out. And uh, yeah, enjoy this episode with my friend, Sean Percy Travis. Sean, welcome to the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Right on, man. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Sean Percy Travis, recent friend of Taylor here and stoked to be here, man. Yeah, so let's let's dive into your background a little bit because I actually don't know that much. I mean, I know a little bit, but go ahead and, and give a, a full background, like where you started, you know, your life growing up to where you are now. Who am I? Whoa. Um, yeah. So, Southern California, born and raised. One of the few, I feel like, that can say that. <laughs> that actually was born around L.A. and stuck around L.A. Yep. Uh, went to college there. Played some baseball. Um, oh, nice. Almost played football. Got too many concussions. That was a, a different It's a different story for a different time. But uh, I swear I'm normal. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I was, I was on that border. And after college, got into firefighting. And now I'm a full-time firefighter paramedic with... LA County Fire Department. I'm um, at the engineer rank now. 
and been a first responder now for about 12 years, a little over. I love to travel. Uh, I love to write, love to read, play music, and love to just completely capitalize on our human experience. So, you know, everything from mind, body to spirit. So, um, working on a bunch of different projects to truly implement that and always dive deeper, always improve, always, you know, empower ourselves and those around us. Um, so, yeah, that'd be a, a quick little... Elevator pitch to who and what I do. <laughs> Boom. I love it. Yeah. Uh, where'd you go to school? What LMU. Loyola Marymount. Okay. And what position in baseball? Catcher. Catcher. Yep. Nice. Uh, I was first base and pitcher. Nice. No college, but yeah. I wish I would have. But the Marine Corps happened. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And I am a NorCal transplant. I am not local. So you are the real Californian <laughs> or Southern Californian. Anyways. Yeah. So you said you, you've been a paramedic for, or you said you've been a first responder for, yeah. for longer. Yeah. Um, and you're a firefighter currently. Yes. Okay. What made you go down that path? It's kind of a mix of in undergrad, I was pre-med and playing baseball. And for those of you that can do that, I applaud you <laughs> thoroughly. Um, it's it a is, lot. Yeah, it is a butt kick on both ends because your science lab commitment is immense. And then your obviously your sport is very, very immense as well. So, but I was always someone that loved being a jack of all trades. And so I tried it, tried to do it, was able to play ball for a couple of years. And my, it's funny, my academic advisor the whole time was like, please quit baseball. And my coach is like, please change majors. <laughs> so it, it is tough to put together and I praise those that can't. But um, I essentially yeah, stopped playing ball, stuck with the science, stuck with the medicine route, and then got talked out of it by a lot of people um, in, in a good way. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, you go to those that you love, go to those that admire what you're doing and support what you're doing. Um, luckily, you know, I have an amazing father and an amazing family to do that with some really good friends, good mentors. And I would ask, you know, what, 18, 19, 20, trying to figure out my left hand from my right hand and then make life decisions. Um, you know, what kind of path do they see me going on? And they would all say kind of the same thing. Like if you wake up and you live, breathe and die this passion, like, of course, don't let anyone tell you different. But if you want to go do anything else, don't do this. Like, and I'm talking, you know, my dad's a retired physician, a couple cousins are current physicians. And point being is it's all encapsulated. Like you will sacrifice everything else for all of your twenties and some of your thirties and you will be a doctor. I'm like, Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's understood. And then baseball was the same. Everyone I talked to and I could see that, you know, just playing the game in, in the short stint that I did, like it is all encompassing and everyone kind of gave me the same thing. Hey, if this is what you wake up to do, go do it. That's right? what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. Obviously like live, breathe and die. Like no one's going to tell you different, but you probably wouldn't be asking me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so uh, if you want to go do anything else, go do that. <clears throat> and again, they all saw me as kind of a jack of all trades. Like you're, you're interested in so much like this is really gonna um you know be tough to to implement your lifestyle into that so um trying to figure that out seeing if it's worth sacrificing everything else for an amazing amazing passion and cause is it worth it to me and i'd always had an interest in first responder world in the fire department world uh, especially in southern california 
there's a lot going on with that first responder world. So, uh, you know, we, you know, if you're not from here, you know, we have a lot of brush fires. You have a lot of wildfires. We have a lot of earthquakes, but we also have a very advanced paramedic program. We have a very advanced uh, plan of attack towards pretty much any and all emergencies. And the more I learned about it, the more I learned that the firefighter is the jack of all trades and is someone who can implement one, the medical side that I love, like I still love science, still love medicine. I could be a paramedic and also love the athletic side of being on a team and being able to use your body and physically implement things that, you know, improve the lives of others. And it seemed like the perfect match. So a lot of investigating, a lot of figuring it out and, and went for it and applied to, I think, 23 different departments. So if any of you are wanting to become a first responder, understand that is normal. It's going to take four to five years and that's going to be quick. It's a long process. So, you know, you build up your resume and build up your life and your quality of life in other realms. But, you know, if, if you want it, you'll get it. It's not if, it's when. Yeah. I, I mean, the medical field, especially, you hear all the time of these doctors who, you know, while they're in school, especially, but even once they're in practice, they're just burnt out. Like that is all they do. And, you know, there's ways to, to get around that. Not saying that, you know, all doctors are healthy and doing everything perfect, but um, it, it does take a lot of your time. And if that's not what you love, then you shouldn't be spending your whole life doing that. And same thing with baseball. My dad was a professional baseball player. And that like, if you want to do that, that's all you do. You do that and almost nothing else. And so it sounds like you kind of found a nice balance between that the 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 medical field and still being able to um have some time off because yeah. firefighters what do they work like what's the uh, what's like the typical shift depend depends on the the department itself so like but it kind of comes down to the same algorithm where you're on at least 24 hours at a time and then for every 24 off you should get 48 off okay so you go 7 a.m to 7 a.m so if i go to work on monday i go home on tuesday morning and then i should be off for two more days which would put me at tuesday wednesday so i go back thursday morning theoretically now they kind of piece together different work algorithms so it you'll get more days off less days off in between and yeah essentially about that and okay get recalled over time all that stuff but yeah so i know that you're aware of the the circadian rhythm you know, <laughs> the harmful effects of, of shift work yeah. on your circadian rhythm and on your health overall. It's one of the worst things you can do, but you know, you're not unhealthy. And so what are some of the things that you're doing to maximize your health while on shift work? Welcome to the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Let's, let's get into it. Um, well, yeah. let, let's start more specifically because when we were exchanging texts to set this podcast up, I'm a morning person. I like getting stuff done in the morning. And so I, I texted him. I was like, Hey, would you want to do this? And basically long story short, he's like, yeah, my mornings are sacred. Um, and so we, we plan it for later morning. And so tell me some of the things that you include in your morning ritual. Morning ritual, uh, get up before the sun. Ideally, it doesn't happen every day, but you know, uh, 5 a.m. alarm. Uh, get up, do a big long cat stretch, walk out, chug a 32 ounce glass of water with lemon and Celtic salts. My new favorite was yep. Himalayan salt. Um, then make a bulletproof coffee while that's brewing. Set up my little space to sit and journal. And once the coffee's done brewing, I go sit and journal. Uh, I currently am using the five-minute journal, but I've used many different um, styles of journaling. The whole point is to get your mindset and gratitude and affirmation and manifestation kind of mindset. Um, then I'll read for at least 10 to 15 minutes. It usually goes longer. 
and then I'll meditate for 10 plus minutes. Usually goes longer and always reading something that's, uh, in the morning that's going to stimulate, uh, self-improvement, self-empowerment. Right now I'm reading the book, Atomic Habits, just recently finished mm-hmm. on the day. Uh, Remarkus, but you know, books like that, that are, you know, how do you optimize your human experience and dive into the day and create more. Um, and after that, I'll usually do like a 10 to 15 minute, just stretch some kind of bends and inversion and kind of myofascial movements. You know, if you're some familiar with like where you lunge and then raise your arms to the opposite side, like that's that mm-hmm. would be like a myofascial movement. Um, and then after that, have a second bulletproof and carry on with my day. <laughs> nice. It's usually about an hour, hour and a half, but yeah. And then get some uh, sunlight. By that point, sunlight's on. So yeah, someone turned the sun on, you got to go get it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, okay. So you're big into human optimization, obviously, as am I. But getting your start and being interested in the medical field, it's not typical, especially in Western medicine, to talk about optimization, you know, in the medical community, being well is just the absence of any illness. But as we know, that is simply not the case. So what got you started on this more holistic approach to health as opposed to the traditional Western medicine route of you have a problem, take these pills? Yeah, fully agree. The irony is my dad is a Western medicine physician, right? You know, it's super blessed there. But was able to teach me young. We don't just band-aid big issues, right? We don't, there's no quick fix to a big problem. So that was great. That was awesome. He was a triathlete, like knew kind of about, you know, the seventies and eighties, that kind of whole like biohacking frontier too. Mm-hmm. Took that, you know, studying college, you figure out, I swear, if you take a genetics class, do it, <laughs> go, go uncautiously because you're going to walk out of there wondering how any of us are born correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is amazing to see um, how much can and will and has and may or may not go wrong and how resilient the, the human is and the human spirit is. Um, we are phenomenally blessed miracles just to be sitting here and be listening, talking, seeing everything we, that we are doing is amazing and phenomenal. And it's our full gift in our, in our passion to maintain it, right? Like it's crazy. This is our responsibility and true humility is taking a gift and optimizing it to your maximum. So there you go. There's human optimization, right? So that being my education, a little bit of my upbringing, then I got in the fire service first responder world and started experiencing the negative effects of chronic sleep deprivation and burnout. And I'm in my 20s at this time and I'm experiencing low testosterone, like below what's supposed to be the normal range, low HGH. I'm experiencing different fatigue levels. um, And I get that those are physical ailments, so to speak, but one of the biggest issues I was experiencing was bitter thoughts. I I just, I was less joyful, less creative, less whatever. You come up with the word, less wanting to get out and enjoy life. And that, that's when it kind of hit me. Something, something's, something's going wrong. You know, you start trying to figure out like, all right, how do I balance my health back? How do I get like my hormones back level? How do I do this and that without just like taking a pill or a shot or whatever? And the number one thing that every health advocate everywhere says, sleep, you got to get more sleep. And I'm like, well, I can't. So, cool. <laughs> you know, you got to knock that one off the bus. But I started figuring out and started researching tons and tons of ways that you can tilt the scale back in your favor. And sleep is you can't, you can't, you can't not sleep, right? We have to, that's, that's a must. That's a absolute, we have to figure that out. But there are ways there are, there are people that sleep four hours a night. 
and perform phenomenally, right? Do we need that eight hours? It's more so, do we need, uh, one of the recent books I read, Why We Sleep talks about kind of like 90 minute patterns and it's, it's not so much the eight hours. It's how the many cycles. Times, yeah. How many times you get in these certain cycles of REM and deep and are you able to optimize that? And then what's actually happening? Like the body reparative uh, system, the parasympathetic nervous system kicking in. Um, what's actually going on? So how do we tie into those certain body mechanics and mechanisms that happen in sleep when we're not getting it? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when that whole rabbit hole started for me. So it went from like personal burnout and personal like just frustration of like, this is unsustainable. And then I'm seeing people, you know, further down the line in my career that are not that old and they're balding, they're pale, they're fat, they're, you know, either they're not who they want to be. Yeah. And then they're, they're bitter. They're just like burned out bitter human beings around you. And you're just, and you're seeing it kind of all over the place too. You know, once you, you know, you think of a white car, you're only going to see white cars. Right. And so that's what I started like paying attention to and is, is these effects, these negative effects. And it just, Lit a fire under my ass, dude. <laughs> like, let's start doing the research. Let's start figuring this out. There must be a better way. And yeah, here we are, man. Yeah, there is a better way. And, and real quick, I want to touch on something you said about the the sleep. The people who are, quote unquote, functioning on four hours of sleep, it could either be one of two things from my understanding. One, they have a genetic mutation, kind of like what you talked about. There's like 0.1% of the population who can get by on, it's like six hours and 15 minutes of sleep is like their optimal dose. They can get by on that. But for the rest of the population, it's typically that you know, seven is the minimum to eight to nine, depending on your level of physical and mental activity. And so it's either that or they're performing, but because they're such high performers, like you don't know how much they're leaving on the table. Like how much are they sacrificing by only sleeping four hours a night? Like how much more productivity do they have in them? Mm -hmm. And then going back to the sleep cycle thing. Yeah. Like you don't technically have to sleep for that eight hour period as long as you're getting whatever it is like the the 36 sleep cycles per week and for shift work that is that is absolutely a way that you can optimize your sleep without getting that block of eight hours of sleep by by taking naps throughout the day so now you we're here you you understand that there's more that you need to do to optimize yourself to be an optimized human being to thrive not just kind of feel bleh going through your day right yeah i i hate people like that people who you can tell are just they're just not themselves like you can tell that they might want more but they're just they're not really fun to be around they just kind of go through life and that's clearly not what you wanted you're a high achiever so once you did the research uh what are some of the the things that like the the biggest movers that you found mm-hmm. for human optimization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it, dude, the horrible part is that was me. I was that foggy person that probably wasn't that much fun to be around. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I was like, what in the world? Like, I love life and now all of a sudden I don't. Okay. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Once I started figuring out, I now, now I had all these parameters to kind of like measure my well-being by. And obviously, my attitude towards the day was a big one. Um, another big one that I found was heart rate variability. Mm. I'm wearing a whoop band right now, trying to figure out things to monitor the health of our nervous system. Uh, heart rate yep. variability is one of the top ones. So, if you can, get like an Oura Ring or iWatch, Apple Watch does it too. There's a, there's a bunch of different ones. BioStrap. BioStrap. Whoop. Yeah. whoop. Train with Morpheus is a good one to follow uh, on Instagram. Talks all about it. But uh, essentially, started going down the rabbit hole, started figuring out it's how are we mitigating stress? And how are we relieving ourselves so that we can repair ourselves? 
So it's a, are we getting up into sympathetic and then down into parasympathetic or are we stuck, stuck in the sympathetic area? And quick definition, sympathetic is your go. Parasympathetic is your rest. Those, those are the two natures of your nervous system. Fight or flight, sympathetic. Rest and repair, parasympathetic. And it all happens automatically. It's part of the autonomic nervous system or automatic um, area. So it's happening whether or not you want it to. And there's certain parameters that we can do to tap in, but regardless, our body's going to respond and do its thing. For example, if we have a stressful thought versus a stressful experience, so I think about traffic versus being in traffic, the body's going to react the same way. Yeah. Like it doesn't know the difference. So, and that's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, like maybe we can get into this a little bit and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just, I think it's fascinating that basically whatever you think about manifests itself. Mm-hmm. Like that, like I, I read, I, it might've been in Own the Day, but they did this study where people thought about flexing their biceps as hard as they could. <laughs> they they didn't because they, they were monitored. They had some wires on them, whatever. They weren't flexing, but they thought about it and they had a control group who did nothing. Mm-hmm. And they found at the end of whatever it was, six weeks, I don't know, that the people who thought about flexing their biceps got like 30% stronger. And that's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. The, the fact that the, <laughs> the mind is that powerful. So, um, yeah, a little tangent there, but... Yeah, continue on, on what you were saying. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm going to start thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just... <laughs> Next time you see me, I'm going to have a massive <laughs> Just your mind is, oh, yeah, gosh. thinking about... I wonder so, if that works the same for parts that science tells us that we can't enlarge. <laughs> you never know, man. Tons of stem cells everywhere, right? Yeah, stem cell injections. Oh, man. So, yeah... Uh, Started figuring out it's like how we mitigate our stress, what's happening in sleep, how are we how do I how do I get my life back, dude? I, I was just like literally one of the things I've been telling you know people close to me is I feel like I got my brain back mm. just by doing a lot of this stuff. Like I feel like I'm me again and more of me and be able to become like a more empowered self. You know, it's it's I'm enjoying life and being being able to dive into it more. And some of the biggest things that I realized are or some of the biggest uh, movers, as you said, for me, were come up with strategies to reset that parasympathetic nervous system. And real quick caveat, what I was finding with the stresses and with experiencing of the stress is that too many of us get in, and you guys can research this in the polyvagal theory, and it's we overstress our sympathetic. And, you know, if you've ever drank way too much toffee for too long, you've experienced this with adrenal fatigue. Um, you overstress the go to where you just become like stagnant malaise and your body doesn't have enough oomph to like carry on. And if you're stuck in that state for too long, it just becomes this slow decline. And now you're never able to relax. So when it's nighttime, you can't sleep and you're never able to go. So when it's time to work out or whatever, like go for a surf, whatever you want to do, you just, you barely have the energy to do it. Now you're chugging monsters or, you know, bang energy drink, which are super delicious. But like, man, that should be like an atom bomb of energy for you. And if it's not hitting you that way, like time to reset. Yeah. (laughs) And so lacking sleep, been in sympathetic all night, you know, been in that stress all night and we're doing it months, years on end. Okay. Time to tilt the scale back. So 
all boils down to this. Let's start coming up with parameters to dive into the parasympathetic. I don't want to be that foggy malaise person who needs, you know, two bang energy drinks just to get okay workout in and then think I'm being healthy because I moved today, which movement's amazing. Do movement. But power cleans may or may not be the answer for today. Like go for a walk, go out in the sunshine, et cetera, et cetera. So let's kick in the parasympathetic. The big movers for me were tons of water. Okay. Then breath work. So sitting down and it's amazing what five minutes can do. It's amazing what one minute can do. Yeah. But uh, even just one breath, like (laughs) it forget (laughs) one minute. Like if you're so chronically stressed out, just take one breath that one of the, I forget where I heard this, but one of the quickest ways that I've uh, experienced is the, it's called like the two inhale, slow exhale. Mm -hmm. So just yeah, in through the nose and then yeah. exhale mouth. In, yeah. in nose, exhale mouth. Yeah, and just me doing that right now. Just I felt it. Like yep. you feel it immediately by one breath. Obviously, you know more is better once you get used to that. But just one breath is enough to at least because a lot of people when they're in that stressed out state, they might know that they need to breathe, but their mind is telling them like, no, no, we need to do this right now, mm-hmm. and so. It, if they think that, okay, I have to sit down for, you know, a minute, five minutes, whatever, and do this breath work and then get back to work, that might be what's holding them back from doing it. But just one breath, just that simple two inhale, one exhale is enough to at least get you thinking about more in that, um, like your, your right mindset as opposed mm-hmm. to that that stressed out state. So isn't that funny that we'll have such a hard time to like stop and reset. It's, I mean, it'd be like, I'm going to go for a a five mile run with like both my shoes untied. (laughs) It's like, just stop for a second, tie your shoes and you're going to get that five miles done 10 times faster. Sometimes you got to slow down to speed up. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that literally is like, you have to reset to like rev up. You got to slow down to speed up. That is like the key to your nervous system. That's the key to nervous system health. Heart rate variability, if you have a really good one, that means you adapt. You're high and low all day long. Mm -hmm. Your body's relaxing and then it's revving up when it needs to and relaxing. And so that's, yes, you definitely need to slow down to speed up. Um, And breath work, while we're talking about that, uh, is breathing is the one automatic part of your nervous system, autonomic, that we can also take control over in our somatic or our conscious nervous system. Mm -hmm. So it's the one thing. And so it's the one thing we can go into and say, Hey, I'm going to take over these automatic processes that my body is doing, you know, just thinking about traffic instead of just letting the body rev off into this weird, you know, stressful response that it may or may not need to do. I can breathe mm-hmm. and tell it to go where I want it to go. I can tell it to relax. I can tell it to amp up, you know, do some Wim Hof breathing and get really freaking like jacked on oxygen and, and just ready to do a million pushups. Cool. Which we're going to do yeah. later. Hell yeah. For the ice bath. Dude, I used to do that. Um, or not used to. I started doing that uh, while surfing. And any shoulder ache, anytime I'm like short of breath, I'll just do like 10 quick breaths. Like in caveat, you're not supposed to really do it too much. So, no. I'll just do like a big 10 breath in and out. So, I'm not, not dizzy, not lightheaded, but mm-hmm. just like get that super oxygenation real quick. Yeah. And it completely relieves my shoulder aches, like any anxiety, anything like that. And I've like yet to miss a wave after doing that. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, caveat, don't do it in water. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. So back to breath work. Uh, that was one of the biggest things. And so I started noticing, let's reset. Let's get in parasympathetic as much as possible. That's something you can do all day long. Like there's nothing stopping you, whether it's driving, whether you're reading, whether you're on the rig going to a 911 emergency. Like it doesn't matter. Just, and there's, and there's different different breath works that you can do different counts uh big one too is called box breathing mm-hmm. uh, i'm pretty sure it's, uh it's very common in like navy seal world and if the yeah. seals are doing it i'm pretty sure <laughs> like we should adapt it right they're the precipice of high stress high performance so like let's let's follow that caveat and yeah. box breathing is four seconds in four second hold four seconds out four seconds hold and again you're taking control over that automatic uh breath pattern so you're controlling it. So you're telling your body how to react, how to become resilient and uh, carry on. Uh, another one is four, seven, eight, inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. Uh, and I like to do sets of 10. It just gives me like a nice ballpark. And how long, how long did that take? You know, do, do the math on like four, seven, eight times 10, but like, it's not long. No. It's a couple minutes, dude. And, and if you don't have five minutes to do that, something is wrong. Yeah. Like everybody has five minutes yeah. to just rest. Like, And yeah. like I said, if you don't, <laughs> I don't know, something's got to change. Your priorities are in the wrong place. That's the that's one of the big things Tony Robbins says all the time. If you don't have five minutes for yourself, then... You don't have a life. Yeah. <laughs> like stop. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, breath work was massive. And then that spiraled me right into meditation mm. and mindfulness. And, you know, if, back to how the body experiences and thinks, um, you know, it can't tell the difference. So let's take control over, over our mind, right? We, we most, most of the time we, we do not have control. And I say most, cause you know, you can never guarantee a hundred percent, but we do not have control over what happens to us. What we do have control over is how we respond, how we choose to perceive it, how we choose to handle it, how we choose to like empower it, right? And it's, that's what we have control over. Well, that starts with our mind. That starts with our thought process. Like what kind of brainwave, brain state are we in? And by doing mindfulness and meditation, uh, use the, either the headspace or the calm app, doing that religiously, you know, daily, multiple times a day. Um, sometimes I'll even do it while driving or like admit, obviously I'm not closing my eyes at that point, but like just going through the mindset process, you know, listening to a recording, um, just to do that parasympathetic reset, calm the system. And one of my favorite things to do too is all if I'm super bonked or burnt out and tired that day and I, and I want to go do a workout, sit down and meditate for 10 minutes and watch what happens. I, I like stand up rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like I had a shot of caffeine, but I feel like I'm starting from baseline, not mm-hmm. below. Yeah. So I feel like, oh, I can go out and do stuff. Whereas before I was like, man, all I want to do is nap. Yeah. All I want to do is lay down and I know that's not really going to be fun. So like, I don't, you just like, you're tossed between like, I feel like I need to rest, but I don't want to rest. I feel like I want to amp up, but I don't have energy. You're just like, yeah. So reset. Time reset. to reset. So yeah, breath, hydration is huge. I drink a ton of alkaline water and that had a big effect for me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I drink a ton of alcohol. Oh no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, time and a place, but yeah. <laughs> I drink a ton of alkaline water, uh, breath work, meditation, and then cold immersion. Especially on the high stress days or when I've been at work for multiple days or I'm just super exhausted. Do a cold shower and that'll wake you up more than a couple cups of coffee, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And then focus on breathing normal. Focus on like, can I tell myself I'm good while I'm actually uncomfortable? And if you can take control of that, that increases what's called vagal tone. And the vagus nerve is what controls your sympathetic parasympathetic. So if you can increase your vagus nerve, vagal tone, right? You're stronger at 
controlling your nervous system. Mm -hmm. Thus, you're more resilient. Thus, you know, back to the traffic, it doesn't affect you anymore because it's all of a sudden not a big deal because you're able to like respond and be resilient. And then you live a happier, healthier life. Right. And because you're not stressed out, you can get an erection and have sex with your wife. Hell yeah. (laughs) Which is the main goal. Right. Um, But yeah, a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Um, you mentioned mindfulness while driving and that when people think of meditation, I feel like they think they need to, you know, go to some hidden, quiet, secluded place and just be with themselves. Like, yes, that can be beneficial, but mindfulness specifically, you can be mindful throughout your whole entire day. It's just simply the, the act of being conscious and aware and understanding like looking at the thoughts that are coming into your head understanding what you're doing at the moment it's not on autopilot Mm -hmm. like that's that's what it's getting away from because so many people especially when they're driving like they just go on autopilots their commute to work they just blank tune out turn on the news you know on the radio whatever but instead turn off the radio be mindful like listen to your body like what is what is happening um and yeah you can do that anywhere have you read um, Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn? No, but I feel like I say that all the time. I <laughs> highly recommend that book. To anybody out there looking to get into mindfulness uh, or meditation, which should be everybody, I would say start with that book. It's very quick, actionable. Um, there's like sh- just short passages that you can read every time before you meditate or you know just to get you in that right mindset. And so, that book is is fantastic. And then you brought up Bang, which I feel like I have to touch on because I'm affiliated with them. If you drink a full Bang, that is not good. Like if, <laughs> if, if you drink a full Bang and you don't feel anything, he's absolutely right. You guys need to, to reset your system um, because 300 milligrams of caffeine is the upper limit for a 200-pound male. Because it's, I forget the exact equation, it's like 1.5 milligrams of caffeine per pound of body weight. So, for a 200-pound guy, that's like the maximum that you should be having. And so, I don't I don't actually endorse the, the regular Bang products because they have artificial sweeteners in it, which I'm sure you're kind of aware of can mess up your gut and your neurotransmitters in your brain. So, I, I they came out with natural Bang, which yeah, is cool. what I, I now go with. They don't have any artificial sweeteners. It's with stevia and it has less caffeine. So, only 250 per can, but still I'll usually only drink like half at a time. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you're drinking multiple, that's wow. Oh dude, I see, I see Do people do that? Yes. Oh my God. Okay, walk into a firehouse after lunch. <sighs> walk into a firehouse around three PM and count how many guys have a dip in their lip and, and yeah. are drinking a, like a double two and a half serving bank. Or I, I mean or, I it's the same in the Marine Corps, I guess. I just forgot. It, the same thing, dip yeah. and it, in the Marine Corps, it was like monster. It was like how people stayed awake just because you're so drained and especially in the Marine Corps and, you know, first responder, it, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of what's the, is it yin or yang? The, you know, go, go, go one. Oh, I forget. I know, yeah. I know what you mean though. Yeah, we're yeah. blanking on it. it. It's a lot of, you know, macho man, you know, fuck meditating. You don't need to breathe, like mm-hmm. get your shit together. And so, instead of being mindful, breathing, you know, relaxing, taking a nap for a second, they rely on nicotine and caffeine to keep them going. <laughs> that actually just makes things worse. Mm-hmm. It's like borrowing energy from the future. Yeah. You know, it's it's taking yep. the energy that you would have felt and taking it now. And then you just feel like shit later because you have no energy. And then you can't, yeah, then you can't rest. Yeah, and you're then addicted. You can't rejuvenate. You can't get it back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So, man, I, we could go forever on <laughs> breath work or any one of these topics, breath work, mindfulness, you know, human optimization, but I really want to get into your businesses. Okay. All right. So, talk to me a little bit about them. You, you started two recently, correct? Correct. All right. So, and you, you want to get into why that happened or, or what allowed you to finally start those? Yeah. Just briefly. Yeah, actually dealing with a back injury, a chronic injury. Turns out I have five discs that are burst or herniated. So that's really fun. Ouch. Looks like I jumped off a three story building and landed flat foot, you know. Mm. <laughs> but, um, I don't, I'm not claiming that I'm super tough or anything like that, but I think it's just how my body responds to injury. But I was kind of remembering over my lifespan, I, I played two games, two football games with a broken back. I snowboarded three extra hours with a broken wrist and elbow. And the last two months of my academy, I had a broken shin. And again, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I went through so much pain. It's like, no, I don't think that like receptors were really kicking in until I let myself relax Mm. and finally heal and whatnot. And so, I was at work and started noticing that uh, every other month or so, and actually my fiance was the canary in the coal mine for this. She's like, hey, babe, this is like the sixth time this year. That I'm like old man getting out of bed, can't put my socks on. <laughs> Making I'm, all the noises. I'm useless. I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to go like go to work and hop on a fire engine and be effective. Like, yeah. no, you're not. And so, I'm at work and it happens again and it's progressive over the day. And all of a sudden, I go to zip up my boots and stand up and I can't. And I have to like walk my hands up my legs oh, just shit. to get up. And it's like everyone's waiting in the rig and I'm the driver. And engineers that, you know, we drive the rig. So, I'm, they're just sitting there waiting where we have a 911 emergency and like, I'm like, yeah. Getting there. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, I had to like call it and uh, didn't know that I had these disc issues. Um, went home that day and went to the dock the next morning and yeah, then found out through the MRI. So, uh, back to holistic, right? I didn't... The One of the first things the doctor said is like, all right, let's sign you up for surgery. And I go, hold on, bro. <laughs> let's Wait try. a minute. Yeah. Before you cut me up so that I'm never the same again, let's, let's try some alternative methods. And so, I, you know, based on everything that I know about uh, physical therapy and, and functional health and functional medicine, and I'm like, I at least got to give it a shot, right? There's a chronic issue. Let's solve it with, you know, lifestyle habits, not mm-hmm. with a quick fix. Um, and Western medicine is great for acute illness and trauma. Yeah. But as soon as you get to chronic, that's where it starts to falter. And that's why people on medication or your whole life, like that's not the answer, right? So, I didn't want to be someone who's in and out of surgery my whole life and I'm just going to be 60% from here on out. And when I have kids one day, I'm like the guy that has to watch while everyone else is running around on the playground. Like, yeah, no, no thanks. That will not be me. So, committed to uh, two days or two times a day of physical therapy of some form, whether it be stretching, mobility, movement, uh, something like that. And so, the doctor wrote me up a script for PT, um, some, uh, what do they call it? The, Epidurals where they get in there and the cortisol injections to like mm. reduce all the swelling. So I allowed mm-hmm. them to do that, but that was it. And, uh, they unlocked everything and it was funny. The pain wasn't that bad until they unlocked everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then it woke up. Um, so I just went through these phases of, uh, unlocking everything to then relearning how to use my back correctly. So like if I go in a squat position or bend over to pick something up or twist or whatever. What muscles am I cueing in? Where where am I putting the tension? And so I went into that, 
relearn how to use my back. And then for the past month and a half, I've been in strength phase where I finally started putting weight to it, started testing it, started, you know, putting weight on the bar being like, am I doing it right? And the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a champion now and I'm able to do stuff that I wasn't even able to do before I didn't know I was injured, which, you know, that's a wake up call. (laughs) If you're not not able to do things like something's wrong and uh, I'm able to do it quicker and I'm able to do it without like feeling like I can't walk right for days. You know what I mean? So, um, real quick, I want to touch on something you said. You said, if you can't do something, something's wrong. So all you guys out there with, you know, these nagging little aches and pains that are preventing you from doing whatever, that is not normal. Like if you're not a professional athlete, you know, of course, professional athletes, they're not doing it for their health. They're going to get beat up. But if you're just a regular dude who wants to enjoy life, play with his kids, you know, look good naked, you do not have to be beat up with these little aches and pains and struggle to get up, you know, get up out of bed, walk up the stairs or put on your boots. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I just refuse to admit to be someone that's like, I have a bad, right? Like so you just labeled yourself for forever. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. no, you don't. You just, you haven't trained it. So yep. go train your, I have an untrained back. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So go train it. Or I have bad knees. No, you don't. Like, yeah. I just have untrained knees. I need to figure out how to use them, right? Like we figure out the issues there. Um, you know, if my, if my shoulder's hanging off my body, right, I'm going to need a surgery. But like, if it's just, I can't rotate right and I need to like figure that out, I'm going to go through the months of hard work to do it, right? We're going to, we're going to fix ourselves. So have you looked into active life RX? Have you heard about them? No. I would recommend them. They are, um, I went to them when I had knee issues. I had patellar and quadricep tendinosis separate times from overuse when I was training to be a CrossFit athlete because at one point that's what I wanted to do. And yeah, they, they basically, their whole thing is we get you out of pain without going to the doctor or skipping the gym. And so it's all obviously holistic based, you know, PT movements. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend that. And also, um, have you looked into peptides like no. BBC 157? I'm familiar. I haven't, I haven't taken them though. I would, yeah, that is like, I haven't taken it personally, but from everything that I've heard, that is like a game changer. If you can get okay. some BPC 157, okay. you'll be right back to normal. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Um, all right. So now you have this kind of extra time off from work mm-hmm. and what'd you do with it? So during all this recovery, uh, I've been working on a business for the past years. I don't know how many, I guess you could say it technically started in college with my major, but uh, Functional Hero and just came up with the name, just roll off the tongue, some buddies. Um, we were talking about that burnout process that happens with first responders and there's nothing there to get us back to normal. There's just this band-aid effect or this acceptance of, you know, kind of like this burnout malaise, bitterness that happens, salty, hashtag salty, you always, <laughs> right? You're like, yeah. It, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I get it. You need to be a warrior, you know, warrior mindset in those situations. But as soon as you close the door in that situation, like come back to real life, you know what I mean? Like we were saying before, it's a yin and a yang. Yeah. We're not saying to not be, you know, hardcore and, you know, do your job if you're a first responder in the military. But there's, like you said, a time and a place. And mm-hmm. in order to... Um, you know, do your job effectively, you have to have been rested. You know, like the workout example, people put so much emphasis on the actual like act of going to the gym. Well, that's not where you get better. You get better when your body recovers from the stress that you just put it through. So recovery, 
you know, in reality is actually more important than the actual workout itself. Because if you don't recover, you just keep getting worse and worse and worse because your muscles are breaking down. So same thing with stress, like we've been talking about, you got to hit that reset button. So, yep, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, one of the, one of the captains I had my rookie year put it really well for me. So this probably helps shape my mindset around. And he goes, we have wartime and peacetime. Mm. And he goes, I, I get it. it's very military mindset, uh, metaphor, but we are, a militaristic organization. So we're going to use that. Um, but it can be applied to, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're, if you run your own business from home, if you, you know, if you're slinging coffees as a barista, like there's a wartime and a peacetime. Meaning yeah. like there's times to focus and game on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're not worried about social media. We're not like talking to our lady. We're not, you know, that's for when I'm done with this specific piece of moment. Like, and he was referring to at the fire station, Wartime is when the tones go off. Like, dude, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. It doesn't matter what we're laughing about. It's time to go. It's time to go. Like, and shut up and get up. Like, let's go. Put your boots on. Like, do your job. Do A, B, and C. Do your steps. Know your protocols. Like, do it. Do it well. And then when we're driving back, peace time. Yeah. Relax. Start laughing. Joke about it. And that's, there's always the, the caveat, the first responders kind of have a sick humor. You know, we got to laugh about everything and it's because we do. We have to <laughs> laugh everything off. Otherwise, yeah. there's no way to internalize everything that we see every day. Yeah. And so, we go to that peacetime, but relax. Let it go. Get back into that parasympathetic. Don't stay high revved. Otherwise, you will burn out. And and so, yeah. So, to that first responder lifestyle, right? You're up all day, all night. You're high stress. Hopefully, you're doing it right in the mindset. You're having more time, peace time, but yeah. more time than not. What I've noticed is they're not. We are not. Sorry, not they. We, you know, I'm definitely part of that and I've experienced it. But if, if you're in that mindset, if you're in that lifestyle, what are the things that you can start implementing into your daily habits to, to counteract it, right? How do we combat that? The overstressed vessel of the first responder. Um, and we can do it through all these biohacks that we've referred to and we can do it through different exercise routines. The NSCA, the National Strength and Conditioning Association, I'm certified as a CSCS through them, which is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, and then also a tactical strength and conditioning specialist. So I got these really in-depth uh, certifications through them because they've done decades of research for military and first responders specifically mm. on what is the right workout training method uh, to make sure that we're not overtaxing your system that's already super taxed, yeah. but also keep you functioning and ready to like get it. And so like, we came up with like certain exercises or they came up with certain exercise routines, which I'm implementing into my business, Functional Hero of, you know, if I'm getting off duty off a three day shift, I shouldn't be doing the same thing if I've been off for five days, right? You shouldn't be doing Murph. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to do Murph. <laughs> like unless maybe you got some good rest and you did all your biohacks and you feel great and your nervous system's awesome. Right. Cool. But that's a big if, right? Yeah. There's certain things, certain ways, certain implements that we can do. So that you have the ability to call on your body when you need it, not at burnout, right? So there's certain exercise parameters to keep me at a certain level so that when it's wartime or when I want to go surf or when I want to go hang out with friends or family and run around the backyard playing pickleball with a bunch of kids, like I can do that, you yeah. know? <laughs> so I'm not sitting there, all right, time to put a lip in and, you know, talk <laughs> like, like, Chewing tobacco, tobacco, it's, yeah, it has its, it has its fun, but it's, that's not the answer, right? And that's not, the answer isn't to like down energy drinks, just to like function for an hour and a half and then watch it crash, right? So implement these lifestyle habits and train like the tactical athlete that you are. Like we're not, that's the other caveat is 
I love CrossFit. CrossFit's great. There's tons of functional movements in it. And the, the original GPP mindset behind it was create the best functional human. Mm-hmm. Right. But that wasn't based off of these high stress parameters that the first responder military have. So you're coming in the gym every time and just doing these like butt kicker workouts and you're redlining and, you know, getting into your, you know, top energy systems, your phospholytic, you're just like top notched, which is going to kill you over time and get you in a burnout. It'll make you badass for a couple months, but you will start getting hurt. You will, right. So we need to do it correctly. We need to, you know, level it out a little bit. And so it created all this programming that implements all this like functional, like mindset into, uh, allowing that first responder to not only recover, but also have the body ready, mind ready, spirit ready when we need to call upon it. Yep. So that's functional hero. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, and before we get into the, to the next one, uh, real quick, I wanted to ask if you've heard of Jason Kalipa. Are you familiar yeah. with him? Yes. I, have you read AMRAP mentality? I've not. I will recommend that um, okay. because that's basically what you were talking about. It's when it's time to work out, you only work out. Mm-hmm. When it's time to work, you only work. Mm-hmm. When it's time to be with your family, you're only present with your family. Yeah. There's no, you know, blending of that. It's wartime and peacetime. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically what the book talks about is, you know, AMRAP stands for as many reps as possible mm-hmm. while you're working, as many reps as possible with your family. Mm-hmm. And it's those distinct kind of separations because if things start to blend together, especially now during COVID, you know, with people working from home, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I work with people on is all this gray area between work and your regular life. Yeah. And if you don't have these, you know, systems in place, it starts to bleed and you get burnout. I'm, dude, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to mention one of the biggest movers to leveling out my nervous system was do you transition well? Yeah. Meaning do you go from item to item in your day, moment to moment, like... If you're getting home from work, do you sit in your car and breathe off work and say, I'm home now? You don't bring it home. Right. Do not bring yeah. it home. And it, it, you might have an amazing job, an amazing work day, but just don't bring that in the house because you're now, you're with your loved ones or you're with your puppy or you're with like whatever's home. Maybe you live home alone and it's like, all right, now I'm just, I'm here in my sacred space, but transition that. And you can do that through a couple of the breath works that we talked about. Just sit there and just, and my brother's an airline pilot, for example. And he was talking about I'll do these big long international flights and they'll, they'll switch crews. So one flight uh, takes up or one crew takes off and lands while the other one does the mid flight. So during that, if you're takeoff landing crew during that time in the middle, you're sleeping so that you can be awake for that process. Right. He's like, so we'll come in and we're going to land. We're part of the landing crew and it's 7 a.m. in the morning or let's say, let's say it's 2 a.m. in the morning. Right. And he's landing at 2 a.m. Well, he just slept from whatever, 7 p.m. to midnight so he can get his like chunk in and then woke up for the past few hours. And now he's taking coffee. He's getting revved up and it's 2 a.m. and then he lands and now it's 3 a.m. <laughs> you know, and you're like, dude, I need to go to sleep and yeah. rev up. And then, so I started talking to him about transitioning. You know, do you, when you get in your car, when you get in the, like you are revved up, do you just landed a jumbo jet with like 400 people on it? Of course you're going to be like, you know, a little nerved up. Like, I hope so. You shouldn't be doing that too relaxed. Like so many lives in your hands and you're kicking butt. And, but do you transition well? Like, is that carrying into your, your, your day? Are you staying high stress? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I am. And I go, so try this. Like when you get into the taxi or the Uber or whatever it is, uh, he lives in Dubai. So a little different there, but when you're getting, and you're going to your home and you're going to, you know, see, you know, my sister-in-law, see your wife, see your dogs, like tell yourself, breathe, just have that moment internally just be like i'm home 
I'm going to hang out with my family. I'm going to hang out. Like, it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you have that mantra, you just like realize it, transition well. So, back to Jason Khalifa and Amram mentality. It's like, he landed the plane. He kicked ass. Yeah. Now, he's done with that. Yeah. Now, you're going to hang out with family. So, transition. Your wife and kids didn't cause the meeting to run late. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, just relax. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, And then the second thing, real quick, I want to touch on is CrossFit. So, uh, in my years as a CrossFit coach, it can absolutely burn people out. But the thing that I think people focus on is CrossFit itself. I don't think CrossFit is the problem. I think it's people's egos and Mm -hmm. mentalities Mm -hmm. towards CrossFit. And this was myself too, because this is what caused me to get injured because I cared more about the numbers than, you know, my personal functional health. And so I think when people get injured in CrossFit or get burnt out is when they let their ego determine the weight that's on the bar. Mm -hmm. When they let their ego say, okay, that person is in front of me by 15 seconds, even though I know I'm going to have to break down my form to get there, I'm going to make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And so injuries only happen when you break down on form or push, you know, past your, your current capabilities. And that's, that's the ego talking when you're competing against other people. But if you go into a CrossFit class as a first responder and maybe you just had like a, a three day shift and you're kind of burnt out, you don't have to kill yourself in the CrossFit class. Yeah, like, you don't have to go the full way. You don't no. Have to go the full reps. Like, Absolutely not. Tell the coach, be like, yeah. hey, I am stressed out. I just want to come in to enjoy the time with my, you know, my friends because a gym is a nice community and I just want to move today. Mm-hmm. And if they're a good coach, they'll be like, yes, absolutely. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. And so just that kind of little caveat there. It, it's not CrossFit. It's people's mentality yeah. that you have to always go 100% full intensity. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Um, so functional hero, that's, what does that kind of look like? So and you go to functionalhero.com or you can see us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we just went live in December. It's an app on your phone that you can download your daily programming, biohacks, lifestyle habits, just total lifestyle protocol. And this is for first responders? Specifically geared towards first responders. Okay. Obviously, Anyone who's having trouble mitigating stress and feeling malaise and it, like it, it, the, the way I describe it is this. Um, if you've heard of seal fit, mm-hmm. right? Train like a Navy seal. Yeah. That's obviously not marketed to Navy seals, <laughs> yeah. right? It's be like one, good train point. like one because we understand that they are like the precipice of an amazing warrior in our community, in our culture. And we want to, yeah, we want to have a piece of that like, uh, godlike fire, right? So yeah, let's train like them because we understand if they're able to do this, man, if I can like just get a little bit of that piece, like, yes. Yeah. Well, it's the same functional hero. Like I feel like first responders in the military are amongst the most burned out, you know, shift workers are amongst the most burned out, like yeah. chronically sleep deprived, but it applies to anyone that has and needs stress mitigation habits, you yeah. know, needs to work out right. needs to breathe right. needs to transition well. It's implementing all those like biohack daily habits into one fell swoop so you don't have to think about it we've done all the research we brought together all these different methods and modalities and just put it in your hand and if it helps it helps if it doesn't it doesn't but at least you're on the right path you know like sign up for something else then or you know at least it'll carry you on to the next like my goal isn't to like get a million subscribers my goal is to affect millions of people Mm -hmm. whether that be you read my website don't pay me a thing and then go off and empower your life i'm gonna freaking be so stoked on that yeah i don't it's i don't care about that i want to I want to see people reviving themselves and thriving and like showing up for those that matter the most. And I don't care about making the dollar, but anyways, that's my whole mindset behind that. Yeah. So whether or not you're first responder, it's truck driver, doesn't matter. Like 
just get your life back, dude. It's yours. And that, okay. So I recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago on, or maybe it was last week on the one area of your life that deserves an unlimited budget. Like you shouldn't even think about, well, I give this formula. So first determine who you are and the goals you want to achieve in life. Once you determine that, determine what obstacles or problems are stopping you from moving closer to or achieving those goals and the person you want to become. And then once you determine what those problems are, spend whatever amount of money, you know, do whatever you can to alleviate those problems. Because instead of thinking about the monetary cost of, you know, functional hero, for example, instead of thinking about how much it costs, think about what value is this going to bring to me? You know, and for an app that basically tells you how to work out, I mean, you get workouts, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And, yep. and biohacks and all that type of stuff for something, for an app on your phone that you have with you all the time that does that for you. So you don't have to think about what you're going to do to work out. You don't have to think about if you're doing it correctly or not. Like that provides tremendous value. It doesn't really matter what the monetary cost is. Like that's going to bring you value in your life. Um, and so same goes with anything regarding personal development. If it solves one of your problems, what is that problem being solved worth to you? You know, what is that, you know, is it going to bring you more time? Is it going to bring you more energy? Is it going to bring you, um, happiness? Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you release your stress and you're no longer stressed out, are you going to be able to have an erection and have sex with your wife? Like, is that the value that it's bringing? You know, so don't necessarily think about just the the cost of whatever it is. Yeah, uh, well said. Yeah, well said. and so you've got functional hero, and then the calling man. Yep, correct? calling man. Talk to me a little bit about that. So the calling man is into one of these practices. It's it dives deep into um, mindfulness and journaling and having the right mindset. So as I'm diving deep into these practices for the past few years, uh, I became part of like a men's accountability networking group. So it's, you know, it serves the role as, you know, business networking, right? You know, if you need a lawyer, if you need a marketing, if you need a web designer, right? Like let's, let's work together. Let's work mm-hmm. on these, but let's also keep each other accountable towards uh, being the best man that we can Yeah, being a man in full, like living our hero's journey. And so I was part of this. I am, I'm still part of it. K4men.com. So if you guys want to check that out, Really, really awesome guys that are very, very well trained and certified in all of these notions and being life coaches and teaching men how to take life in full. And yeah, a little, I guess a little pitch on them too. You know, they started, they're both vets and they both started with the, the implement of like gaining back, getting military vets to gain back their mindset and their life and their confidence too. Yeah. And it, it came off, you know, not to go dark too much, but the suicide rate of yep. military and first responders being the number one cause of death. By far. Yeah. And it's not even close. So how do we, how do we not get there? It starts somewhere and it's not an overnight thing. So let's, let's get our, let's get it back. Right. So how do we become manful? How do we become the healthy masculinity? How do we become that healthy man that's kicking butt and networking with other guys who are on the same wavelength and stepping up and choosing to do relationships well, do their business well. Right. So I became part of that and I love journaling. And this transition into that, I wanted a daily thing. And so I started looking for a journal that kind of adhered towards like just the gritty, healthy masculinity and understanding that, yeah, right now, if you talk to a lot of uh, spiritual gurus or, you know, psychologists and whatnot, it's kind of like the, t- the time of feminism, femininity, which is amazing, mm-hmm. right? You know, centuries before this, like 
uh, women were suppressed <laughs> for whatever reason. I yeah. don't know. I wasn't there, but apparently power trips, right? So bring up the feminism. Hell yes. But one should not exist by demeaning the other. And yep. what I started noticing is a lot of guys around me uh, feel emasculated. And the strength of the feminine comes with the strength of the masculine and vice versa, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? The strength of the masculine comes with the strength of the feminine. Um, you need both. We need both. And we all have both, Yeah. right? A, a woman is not feminine and a male is not masculine only. We both have both. We just adhere more to the strength of one or the other. And by bringing in that mindset of the totality of like the man and realizing there's kind of a void here. There's not a lot about... Um, not a lot of K4 groups going on, not, I, you know, and I hope to see more and more and more as this expand. Um, so I wanted to create a journal that, cause I couldn't find it. Didn't have a lot of flowers and yeah, exactly. things on it. <laughs> Which, nothing wrong with that, but like, it's not, it's not igniting that masculine fire, like mm -hmm. that we should feel empowered to have. Like you talk to majority of women they want to see a man in full. They don't want to see someone yeah. who's scared to be a man. <laughs> yeah. And what does being a man mean? It means like showing up fully. It means understanding that like we don't protect our women because they're weak. We protect them because they're important. Yeah. Um, we show up and we choose to do something full because we said we would. We choose to serve those around us because we can. We choose to extend our relationships to those around us because that's what a king does, right? We bring up like if, if I want to go climb a mountain. Like I train and I go climb that mountain and I do it with other people and I bring everyone else around me up to do it too. You know, it's, and I hope that they go climb a mountain, bring me with them. Like that is a man in full. Like you step up to the plate and then you hit it out of the park. And there wasn't much of that inspirational daily kind of thing. And so I just created it. I was like, shoot, if I can't find it, might as well make it. Right. Yep. And so, yeah, I uh, got in the book, started writing and wrote, you know, my kind of story and my belief behind it. And then, um, you know, so in the Calling Man Journal, it is an actual journal, you know, for for writing in and uh, tells kind of my story and then the science behind it all and the science behind like why daily affirmations, you know, work, why manifestation, you actually like thinking like, what do I hope happens? What do I want to happen? Like have that mindset in your brain, um, talking about things that you're grateful for, thankful for, talking about your strengths, like, oh my gosh, what a revelation to talk about things that you think are strong in yourself. Like, that's amazing. That's how do you think you're going to become better? That's but, not being cocky. No, that's, that's actually being true humility. Yeah. Like, true humility is taking a gift and then enjoying it, right? If you want to see uh, pridefulness, it's give someone a gift and have them like unappreciated. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, I was given this gift of a certain strength and then I just like push it aside. That's me being a little snotty brat. Like, mm -hmm. no, I was given a gift. I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to expand on it. Right. If you kid, give a kid a toy, you want to see him be stoked on it and enjoy it and go play with it. You don't want to see him be like, Oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't deserve kids. So, <laughs> like, no, like, so yeah, I digress. But point being is like, we're supposed to perpetuate on our strengths and have that be that fire beneath us to you know, and, and, and it requires a daily practice. It truly does. Like all of these things, everything that I've talked about is a daily reminder, um, whether it be functional hero, the calling man or my own practice of, you know, doing all these biohacks to just like keep my brain going. Like if I fall off the wheel, I go back into that fog and that malaise and that yeah. tiredness. Like, so it is a daily thing. And what better to have than a daily journal to, you know, remind me and have daily inspiration. And then 
Uh, the other thing I implemented was uh, it walks you through in a very introductory way, introductory way, uh, the four masculine archetypes through the journal are king, magician, warrior, lover. Mm-hmm. And those are all like the houses that we're supposed to, uh, we're going to gravitate towards one, but the goal is to be a man in full, to have all four of those houses empowered within us and to understand what they mean. You know, the king being the vision creator and, you know, wants to empower everyone around him and wants to create big things and have it be bountiful and amazing, right? Create a kingdom. Uh, the magician is someone who is very meticulous and needs to like set up the plan and the itinerary and needs to figure out like how and why and what works and, you know, get into the idiosyncrasies of his magic potions, right? The lover is obvious there. You want mm-hmm. to connect. You want to create meaning with other people. You want to bring other people in your story and be in theirs. If I'm sharing an amazing story about an awesome trip I want, it's not to like one-up someone. It's to bring someone into that story with me to enjoy it with them, right? Yeah. And then the warrior, which we've talked plenty about, <laughs> is the ass kicker. That's mm-hmm. the hard yes, hard no decision maker, less feeling, more doing. And But there's a place and time for each, right? So... Being able to adhere to each of those houses, recognize when we're in one and recognize when we need to jump in the other, right? You know, dinner with the family or, you know, going out on a date, probably not a good time to be a warrior. No. Right? You know what I mean? (laughs) But getting and doing your CrossFit workout, not a good time to be a lover. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so it it sounds like you've created the yin and the yang for people. You've created the, the masculine and the, well, not really feminine referring to the, the calling man, but the, the more feminine side referring to the rest and digest mm-hmm. journal, your thoughts, you know, think about, think about your life and, and stuff like that. And then the more masculine side, the functional hero with all the workouts and the biohacks and all that type of stuff. So you've created, sounds like almost the full package for people. You have the, the app for mm-hmm. the workouts and then the, the journal. So, Definitely a good I mean, starter kit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For, for, for people struggling with burnout, like, you know, first responders, especially like, why, why wouldn't you invest in something like that? So with all that being said, tell people where they can, you know, find more about you, functional hero, calling man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Instagram, Facebook for both of those functional hero and the calling man. And then both have websites, functionalhero.com and callingman.com. Yeah, there's plenty to go and dive through there. Um, dude, and it's funny, it, it's, you tied into something interesting there too about journaling being like maybe a, a more, um, you know, a softer practice. Mm-hmm. And when we look into history up until very recent, and I want to say it had something to do with the industrial revolution and how we changed our daily habits and, mm-hmm. you know, but every warrior wrote and journaled history that is a every good king, point every like dude the samurai would sit down after sword slinging battle and write in calligraphy like if you want to talk about <laughs> battle dude that's like <laughs> yeah. everything i know about the samurai those dudes did it yeah. right and then they would sit down and write in cursive and you know write in pretty thoughts because they understood the form of the yin to the yang the masculine feminine they're like if i don't sit down and process release this and put it into a mindset that i want it to be in i'm not going to be very effective tomorrow when we get back out to battle. Yeah. Because actually they used to do that, fight in the day and then go rest at night and then come like (laughs) 
crazy yeah. how they used to fight battles. But anyways, <laughs> all right, time out. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like the the Civil War, all the their yeah. lines, and yeah. it's like blow, blow the horn, we're done. Wow. Okay, see ya. But point being is, like, for the entirety of humanity, people have written since cave drawings, right? They've written in order to, like, put something down so that it can create that next context of a more advanced thought to create the context of, uh, right, the snowball continues. Like, they've done it throughout history, and all of a sudden, somewhere in our recent little blurb of America, we figured, oh, yeah, journaling's not cool, right? Yeah. It's not cool. Like, what do, you, what do, we, what do we think? Yeah. Of course <laughs> it is, dude. Like, yeah. Just try it. Yeah, seriously. Yep. Just write down three things you're grateful for. Grateful for today. That's it. Start there. Yep. You know? That and the uh, the two in exhale breath. Yes. Incorporate those two things. Oh, your your yeah. life will change. Seriously. Yeah. In in out. Do that ten times real fast, and then write down three things you're grateful for. I like that. That's a good takeaway. And then if you really want to level up, cold showers or yeah. what we're about to do right now is the the ice bath. That is a real ice bath, too. It, it's a real ice bath. It's got a yeah. sheet of ice on it. <laughs> got to break through it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, tell people where they can find your, like, more about you personally. Personally? Yeah. Uh, Sean Percy Travis. I use that for everything email, Instagram, Facebook. But I'm not super active on social media, and that's personal choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to use it only as a tool yeah. to connect specifically with, you know, loved ones or to use it for learning information or promoting information that I think other people would enjoy. Mm-hmm. So not super big on social media, but I still am. Yeah. So, yep. Cool. All right, Sean. Well, thank you for coming on and, and spreading your wisdom. I think this has been fantastic and I honestly feel like we could do this for hours, but <laughs> uh, diving, diving down the rabbit holes of, you know, biohacking and human performance is one of my fetishes. I feel like I could just go all day, but we got to get a nice bath Hell and yeah. then do a quick little workout. So yeah, thanks again for coming on. And uh, to those of you listening, don't forget, live the captain's lifestyle. Peace. All right. This episode is finished, but your optimization journey continues. Head over to the captainslifestyle.com to find out more about the captain's lifestyle program and follow me on Instagram at six captain Morgan nine, where I put out daily information to help you improve your life immediately. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who could benefit from it. Also, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe and write me a quick review. It really helps me get this information out to more people so they can start their optimization journey as well. Thank you. Don't forget, live the captain's lifestyle. Peace.